On this week's XJ Talk Show, we hear a feel-good Jeep story about local Jeep club helping stranded motorists navigate icy roads, and the new Renegade shows up at the Geneva Motor Show as an all-new concept. In our voicemail segment, we answer some tech questions and find out how the new Trailhawks block cell phone signals coming into the XJ Talk Show. Steve 4.3 LXJ chimes in with a couple of quick Jeep tips, and I cover the bases of do's and don'ts of waxing your Jeep. Tony talks about the recent battle with temperatures, and Josh talks about the long arm cross member selection, all on the next XJ Talk Show. The XJ Talk Show is for entertainment purposes only. Any advice or information provided on this show should be verified by alternative sources prior to making any changes or modifications to your vehicle. We are not experts, just people that enjoy the Jeep hobby and don't mind talking endlessly about it. P.S. We love you. Welcome to the XJ Talk Show. You are listening to the Jeep Cherokee Premier Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Tony and Josh. Take it away, boys. First week in G. Well, I figured we're due for another feel-good Jeep story of the week, and I've got one for you. And it's weather-related and a little bit uh, just outside of Tony's back door. Well, just because someone wears a uniform and a bulletproof vest, carries a gun, a taser, a baton, and drives a big SUV doesn't mean they don't need help from time to time. In steps the Chisholm Trail Jeep Club, which has been a savior during North Texas's cold weather blast over the past two weeks. Early Thursday morning, that's today for those of you listening to the live show, Chisholm Trail Jeep Club member Jason Gardner pulled a Dallas Sheriff's Office vehicle out of trouble along Interstate 20 near Mountain Creek Parkway. They apparently had been helping tow, helping tow cars and trucks that had gotten stuck all morning long. Last week, the group helped rescue big rigs during a bout of ice that made the roads too slick for the semis. A rare sight indeed. Four Jeep Wranglers all hooked together in line with tow ropes hooked up to a fully loaded semi-truck and trailer pulling it down an icy patch of Spur 408 southeast of Dallas. The highway was shut down completely. There was no wreckers there to help out at all. So what'd they do? They got a bunch of members together and they freed the entire highway. In all, they saved at least five tractor trailers that day. No small feat for a small pack of Jeeps indeed. I love these kind of stories, guys. Just goes to show that the Jeep Brotherhood is alive and strong and shows itself a club coming together and helping those in the community when they needed it the most. I like to think that maybe the sheriff's office have a special recognition in store for the Chisholm Trail Jeep Club, but I think the members aren't doing it for recognition. They're just doing it because it's the right thing to do. Now, already a Jeep Renegade concept, and let me tell you, it ain't pretty, guys. Uh, when I say the word Jeep, what do you guys think of? Uh, for most of us normal people anyways, thoughts of rock crawling and trail riding immediately come to mind. Maybe flat fenders and knobby tires, but definitely brute off-road prowess most likely is a part of it, regardless of who you are where you came from. Well, leave it to the vehicle concept designers at Fiat Chrysler who seem to be able to screw up even a wet dream. They, in their <laughs> infinite wisdom are trying to show off a, a different side of Jeep brand just in time for the G- Geneva Motor Show. What side is this that you may ask they're trying to show off? No, it's not the underside. No, it's not even the wild side. They're calling it Jeep's party side. I say more like the fabulous side, but that's just me. Meet the 2015 Jeep Renegade hard steel concept. It dons a shimmering brushed steel paint job and attached to its rear end, it carries with it a trailer load, a trailer load of goodies to help you and your friends keep entertained, both in the stadium parking lot or even out on the trail. How does this sparkling vampire of blasphemy accomplish this exactly? Well, they claim both the Renegade and its too much junk in the trunk trailer it comes with has an off-road tuned suspension. Right. And if we're lucky, Mopar might actually put that pole along into production. Oh boy, 
I just can't wait. My enthusiasm is uncontrollable. Walk around the back and the hard steel trailer offers all amenities of what? A fully equipped field, field medical unit? No, certainly not. How about a mobile gun range and a quick reloading system? Unfortunately, no. Maybe it's fully packed with a vast assortment of outdoor survival gear. Uh-uh. Nope, doesn't look like it. It looks like its rear end is shoved full of everything but what is really needed out on the trail. They call it a mobile game room. Without the couch, of course. The trailer features a wireless hotspot and Chrysler's Uconnect Live system, allowing users to plug in internet radio, Reuters, uh, Reuters News Service, easier for me to say, Facebook, Twitter, and even re receive real-time traffic updates. Because, you know, in the back of your trailer is where you really need live traffic updates. They must be suggesting we start navigating from the trailers nowadays. Pure genius. Mopar is saying the concept, quote, provides an outlook for future Mopar accessories dedicated to the new Renegade. That could be code for we want to build a Renegade trailer and need to judge consumer interest. But then again, it might just be, hey, look at all the dumb crap we created. At its core, the show car is a Renegade Trailhawk, which means it comes with the larger 2.4-liter four-cylinder, nine-speed automatic, four-wheel drive, and specialized final drive ratio. Mopar has added to that larger BF Goodrich tires, a light suspension lift, and Trailhawk emblazoned skid plates. As of now, Jeep doesn't offer brushed metal as a paint option. Paint job aside, I don't think this reject of a lost episode of Pimp My Ride should be allowed out of the closet. But that's just me. What do you guys think? Let me know by sending an email or a response to this story or any other one of our stories in This Week in Jeep to newstips at xjtalkshow.com. And big thanks to Steve, 4.3 LXJ, for helping out with this last story. You guys got something you think we should report on? Be sure to let us know. Josh, I got kind of a problem with part of what, what you were saying. Uh, when mm -hmm. you say mess up a wet dream... <laughs> I had I had to sleep with rubber sheets till I was 37. So those words were just hurtful to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I knew I was going to be offending a lot of people with uh, this last story. So now a lot of creative editing went into that. I do got to thank Steve though for pointing me pointing that out. He uh, he titled the uh, the uh, the email message I got with that more laughs. So I had to bring the funny on that one and uh, and add a little bit of creative license to this story. But uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, hopefully you guys aren't thinking we're uh, we're being too negative with this stuff. It's it's a lot of fun, and uh, we just like you know doing a little bashing of some of the new stuff. I mean, you got to admit you're going to take a mobile game system off road. <laughs> the first yeah. disaster that occurs, and then there's jeep out jeeps out. Now I'm sure I'm sure a mobile gaming system will draw draw a large crowd in California after the major earthquake that happens. But but then again, after the rioting, rioting starts for water and food, it probably will change up a bit. Yeah, indeed. I thought it was very interesting with the uh, the mobile or the, the live traffic updates from the trailer. You know, that's that's just <laughs> that's perfect right for the trail, you, right where you need them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And great it's, for the trail. Yeah, indeed. Great for the trail and a perfect place to be able to watch that. And if you're, you know, <laughs> walking behind the thing, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> the XJ Talk Show is now available on iTunes. Subscribe and leave a review. Also, be sure to give us a five star rating xjtalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road and now you can go to xjtalk.com when you're off-road too using your smartphone install the tap a talk app then search for xjtalk take xjtalk with you wherever you go jury duty dinner with your spouse's parents even well anywhere you need your xjtalk fix Tammy gets to follow the flush again. Of course. <laughs> In the toilet.
Coming up later on Wrangler Talk, I researched waxing the Jeep like Tony suggested last week, and I'll share with you what I found out. Excellent. Well, Josh, uh, as you know, I'm uh, Tony Motoroy on XGTalk.com. I do know this, and and this uh, is one of the few things I actually do know. I'll (laughs) guarantee you that. And and there's absolutely no math involved in this. That's right. That's probably the only reason I'm able to remember this. uh, We're all here, and of course, you guys know Tammy. Uh, Tammy's recently joined the show for her live Wrangler Talk segments, and uh, and we're all here to help promote uh, XGTalk.com. WranglerTalk.com and of course the xjtalkshow.com and hopefully you guys know all about these things but just in case you don't there is a forum that you can go over there and uh, post about things and post pictures and just talk about how awesome your rig is uh, and there's social media and uh, Josh is our social media correspondent <laughs> funny guy because uh, he mentions that because I do not have a uh, an actual Facebook account so uh, nor do I have a Twitter account, but I am everywhere there is Jeep online. You guys can find me in all kinds of places, but you know me best as Northwest99XJ over at xjtalk.com. In fact, that's the same username that I use pretty much all over the web for any of my Jeep stuff. So a number of ways you guys can find me there as well. Hope that uh, you guys join us each and every week for the live recording of this show, which we also broadcast a simulcast, if you will, uh, over at Tony and I'm sorry, not, not that's our other podcast over at xjtalkshow.com. That's where you want to go. You guys can interact with us live during the show as we broadcast it live as well. It's a lot of fun. There's a ton of people in the chat room right now, in fact. So uh, if you guys are listening to the podcast right now, we'll plan on joining us live Thursdays, 10 p.m. Central over at xjtalkshow.com. And uh, Tammy's got, got, does a little Jeep, uh, has a little Jeep forum of her own, don't you, Tammy? I guess so. On my, my blog, is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, on www.jeepmama.com. Well, it's a forum of sorts because you get a lot oh, of interaction yeah. from people. And uh, Yeah, I guess I you got to help me out here for my miswording. Interact you know? back and ask questions. and. Yeah, you get a lot of activity over there on Google+. Plus yeah. And... Uh, uh, yeah. on, on the, uh, on the, uh, the jeepmama.com website. So, uh, <clears throat> Tammy's a recent, uh, Jeep owner. Uh, what you've been doing the, uh, the off-road thing for, well, I mean, I guess really the Jeep thing you've only been doing for a couple of years now. Um, off-roading I've only been doing since last May. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my Jeep for a, probably a year prior to that. And I didn't really, I didn't even know off-roading existed really until last May when I started seeing other people's pictures of their Jeeps on the different social media sites. And I'm like, Oh my God, look at those Jeeps. They're up in the mountains and in the streams. And I'm like, I got to try that. So it's hasn't really been a year yet. And she's uh, gone from a Jeep Sahara to a Jeep Rubicon guys. Yes. (laughs) She got bit bad. (laughs) Big time. A big mosquito. The best of us. (laughs) It's a, it's, it's fun watching somebody uh, new jump into the hobby though. And, uh, uh, that's one of the things that struck us uh, the most about uh, uh, Tammy and wanted to get her in here to show, share some of that enthusiasm. Well, not only that, that kind of epitomizes what the uh, xjtalk.com website is all about. It's uh, to welcome people who are new or even the most veteran of us all uh, to the um, all that is Jeep. And, and everybody is welcome over there. If you guys got a tech question about your Jeep, let's say you have a Jeeper in your life. And they're kind of struggling with something right now. Can't figure one thing out or another. Point them over to xjtalk.com. Even if they're a Wrangler owner, I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of people over there. It's going to give them some great advice. 
Well, Josh, we got some voicemails and uh, let's get to them. Yeah. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hey, this is Nikki G again. <laughs> and, uh, I got to say, uh, just like Joe, I've got a problem with uh, my four-wheel drive. Whenever I pop it in the four low, which I don't do often because uh, you don't want to lower your Jeep. <laughs> you know, I, I spent all this money putting a lift on it. Why would I want to lower it? Anyhow, when I put it in low, it, it pops out of uh, four low. But four high, it works great. And I'm just waiting for warmer weather. I was going to try adjusting the linkage. I never never knew anything about the shift, shift fork pads. And uh, cracking open the transfer case kind of scares me a little bit. Oh, but boy. I think I'm willing to try it. Uh, a big question is, Joe, four eggs and coffee without toast and bacon? How do you do it? <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I'll chat to you later. You have a good one. Bye. It is a bit. I'm was, it is a bit nerve wracking. Open cracking open that uh, that transfer case for the first time. Yeah. I remember the first time I did it. I was nervous as all hell, but uh, you know, looked at a lot of pictures online, watched a couple of videos on YouTube, uh, kind of had a, a set plan of action. And one thing that I that I kind of picked up on, I can't remember where I got this from. It might have been from Eric the Car Guy and something completely unrelated. But uh, it was a piece of cardboard laid out. And, uh, and basically I just kind of drew an outline, a rough outline of what the transfer case shape looked like. And I punched the same number of holes in roughly the same location where all the bolts went because the bolts that go around the transfer case to hold the two halves together are not all the same True. and you don't want to mix them up. So, um, putting them in little keeper spots in a piece of cardboard, uh, will help you make sure that they go back into the right position. And of course, taking a lot of pictures along the way. So in case you forget where a certain snap ring went or how the gears all stack up, well, you've got some visual reference to help you out along the way. Yeah, it is. Uh, that would be a big help. I, uh, I don't know how I did mine the first time, but <clears throat> I didn't have a problem getting them back uh, in the right, uh, the right order. Um, so, uh, well, let us know how that turns out, Nikki G, cause we'd like to, uh, to know if you're, uh, if you're stranded somewhere there in the driveway, cause, uh, you can't get the transfer case back together, but uh, th- really the only thing it's mechanically pretty simple. The only thing you need is a couple of uh, snap ring pliers. Those are the, the, the biggest pain, snap ring pliers, biggest pain in the ass are the snap getting the snap rings on because you'll get it to, you'll get it on there and you'll start taking it off and it'll slip off the, the, the snap ring pliers. And then you got to start over again. That is the slowest part of the process. Yeah, and that might true. be and that might be why uh, people often recommend taking it out and putting it on the bench because yes, you, you certainly have a, a multitude of ways, angles to get to it. Uh, I didn't want that to do that. I'll work four times longer so I can do less work. Uh, so I, <laughs> I, I left, yeah, I left it in. Uh, I've never had my uh, my transfer case out. So uh, oh, everything I've had that I've done a couple of. I've had mine out a couple of times. Really, I mean, once you do it, once you do it once, it's really not that big of a deal. But uh, but yeah, pay attention. There are there are a couple of hidden bolts, and the one bolt at the very very top is a pain in the butt to get to. Um, you'll most likely be using a quarter inch drive with maybe even a makeshift breaker bar on it. I know that sounds ridiculous, but uh, the only other mm-hmm. way to do that, removing the obviously you want to have the rear drive line off of it off of that. Um, but, uh, you're going to be removing the cross member 
and le- letting that whole transfer case transmission and everything drop down a little bit against the resistance of the of the motor mounts so you can get yourself a little bit more working room obviously you want to be supporting with a jack and stuff like that yeah. but uh but yeah, if, if you want more tips, we can go very much in depth on the website, head over to xjtalk.com and, uh, and post up a new thread and I'll be sure to answer in that and uh, we'll get you all the advice you need. Well, let's get to our next voicemail. Hey, Tony. Hey, Josh. This is XJ Jake calling. So, I was just driving down the road in a brand new 2015 trail chicken. I have a customer that wants to take a look at this. So I'm driving down the road, and I see your two faces on the 8.5-inch touchscreen on the dash of this. <laughs> no way. So I thought I'd better call you guys and tell you that And here is where oh, Jeep blocks the call oh, the renegade the renegade is hearing him and he knows it's talking about us and, and it knows it knows it knows what we have to say about it and so the renegade is literally blocking his cell phone signal <sighs> well he said it was a trail is a trail chicken is that i thought it was trying, is that a renegade or a uh, a trail hawk a uh a cherokee well, so the both the both the trail chicken and trail the, and the renegade, be... both the Cherokee and the renegade came in a trail chicken. Oh, trim. really? <laughs> oh, see, this is why I need to get off the show so I can pay attention to the the, the, the segments that you read. I'm sitting here messing with things <laughs> and making getting ready. I thought it was only the the Cherokee that was uh, the trail chicken model. No, and I I have I have a very very bad feeling that they're going to throw a uh, a trail chicken badge on the Wrangler when it comes out as well. I, I really really oh, hope no. they don't, but I I foresee them doing it. Well, I guess if they go uh, unibody and IFS, then the trail chicken will be the way to go. Ugh. All aluminum body doesn't sound bad, but uh, I don't know. What happened to carbon fiber? I mean, carbon fiber sounds cool. Anyway, let's get to our next Nikki G uh, voicemail. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, I didn't say before, but I just want to say uh, thanks to Tammy for filling in for Josh. Uh, definitely made the show a little bit easier to look at. <laughs> And I don't mean that Thanks. in a creepy, stalkerish way, but, <laughs> but hey, I can pretty much say the word pineapple when it comes over creepy and stalkerish. <laughs> and, uh, I, must say, I know you guys don't want to hear this, but I'm the guy that bought the 7-inch uh, tablet. And, yeah, Nick, Nikki G gave me a review of technology. That's <laughs> that, that's strange. And but uh, I bought it to use uh, a dongle. And that doesn't sound creepy or stalkerish either. But I, I bought it to uh, use the OBD2 scan tool and the Torque app because uh, apparently my iPhone doesn't like to do anything that I want it to do. Damn Apple products. So it was cheaper to get the, the tablet. And it does not have Bluetooth. But I bought a dongle that's Wi-Fi and not Bluetooth, so I'm able to communicate. Oh able to communicate with the tablet does does pretty well uh for 40 bucks you know it's it's it, it, it does it, you get your money's worth out of it uh, I, I play candy crush on it and i use it to uh use the torque app to pretty much 
talk to my uh, daughter's Volkswagen Beetle, which I call the bastard bug. That it doesn't like to talk to me too much, so I, I need something to interface with it. Uh, I used it on my Jeep. It does good on the Jeep, but uh, I am one with the Jeep, so I really don't need anything to tell me <laughs> what's happening with it. And uh, it even worked on my uh, wife's 2008 Escape. And I even pulled up a code that told me that there was an unauthorized device connected, which I thought was weird because I did authorize to put that device on there. Anyhow, this is long-winded. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I will uh, chat to you later, and you have a good one. Bye. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Nikki G. We really appreciate your uh, your really calls. Do. They're always really entertaining. Do, and uh, before we comment, Josh, how can uh, uh, other people join in uh, with our uh, our voicemails and speak pipe and stuff? Well, easy to do because we do have a 24-7 voicemail line that anybody can use as long as they can dial those numbers 530-675-4102. And if talking on the phone isn't quite your forte, well, you can use your smartphone at least or maybe even a microphone hooked up to your computer and use our speak pipe feature over at xjtalkshow.com. And uh, you'll see it right there on the right-hand side of the screen. It looks like a little microphone there. You just click on that and follow the directions, and you can basically leave us a voicemail through the Internet right on our website. And that's a great way to contact us as well. So once again, 530-675-4102, or head over to xjtalkshow.com and use our speak pipe. Now, you know, I didn't know who had purchased that uh, that tablet, but for 40 bucks, I had to go over there to Amazon.com and, and look at it and see what yep. its capabilities were. And I did notice that it didn't have Bluetooth because that's exactly what I was thinking mm. about using it for was the Torque app. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, it works really good on my on my smartphone, but how cool would it be to have a huge display in comparison to the smartphone? Right. And, and that and was watching, one of the big questions. Yeah, watching graphs and everything thing. else. So, yeah. you know, if it has a, I didn't read, but if it, it just dawned on me, if it has a USB port, you could always plug in a little USB uh, Bluetooth oh. adapter or Wi-Fi adapter. But I started yeah. looking at others, and the price went up to around 60 70 80 bucks. and then it had uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, and I thought, you know, I, I don't, uh, why am I looking at this? I just need to stop yeah. this. I don't, need, <laughs> I don't need more junk in my, in my Jeep. So want versus need. Yeah. But speaking of, uh, of the Torque app and collecting data from your, from your Jeep, uh, we're going to be bringing some of that stuff up here in just a few minutes in our, uh, uh, campfire side chat about some of the uh, issues that I've been uh, wrestling with a uh, heating issue, a coolant heating issue on my Jeep and using the torque app. So uh, stay tuned for that. But now oh, cool. it's time for some little, uh, well, I shouldn't say little, it's now time for some YouTube love. Mm. We've got around 800 subscribers and around a quarter million views. I am doing a little bit of rounding there, but guys, yeah. we pull four names out of the hat of our list of subscribers, and that list is growing quite substantially, so I want you guys to keep up the good work, and please tell a friend about our YouTube channel and get them to subscribe as well. Very easy to do. So all these names are in no particular order, and if you haven't heard your name in a while and you've subscribed, well, just sit tight. We will get to it eventually, I promise you. Uh, first on the list, Tony, who do we got? Brett, Co is it Convoke, Convoke, Con Convy, 83. Convy, I would have gone with that, sure. We've got the Captain, 654, good strong one right there. Oh, Michael Russo. Oh, that almost sounds like a Hollywood name, I would think. Uh, now, this one is this one could go a number of different ways. I, I, uh, Outlaudable out or Outlawed uh, Dabble. Out. Dabble. 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 D
<laughs> anyways, anyways, guys, head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash xjtalk. Hey, folks. I'm Clyde, and this is Tommy. From the Pops Boys Horror House. You're listening to the XJ Talk Show with Tony and Josh. Cheers! You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. This is Steve, 4.3 LXJ, with a quick cheap tip. Whenever you go out wheeling for the day, always make sure you carry plenty of food. And by that, I mean enough food that if you had to spend the night, you wouldn't be hungry. You never know when things like that can happen. And you never know when you might come on somebody that's been stranded that even needs it. Uh, I watched a video the other day of somebody who was on the Rubicon who had been on the trail four days and only had two days worth of food. And Mm. uh, some Jeepers were kind enough to share their food with him, for which those people were very grateful. So it's always handy to have a little extra food in case uh, something happens. At least you won't be hungry. Wow. I just, I, maybe it's because we were talking about zombies last night on the other show, Josh, but that kind of made me nervous <laughs> while coming up on somebody that hadn't eaten in two days yeah, right. <laughs> or every other day, no, I guess it could be. <laughs> that's really a great tip. In fact, that's, you know, we oftentimes talk about the technical and the mechanical and stuff like that, but we don't oftentimes get into the practical like that. And, uh, and things like maybe throwing a roll of toilet paper in a backpack, um, some other toiletries and stuff like that, just in case, because you never know. You know, I'm I'm not going to call myself a prepper by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, but I was a Boy Scout, and uh, and I definitely like the Warren motto, uh, which is "Be prepared," and uh, and that's how I go out each and every time. Look, I don't need to pack two days worth of food every time I go out, but I definitely pack way more than I need because it's almost guaranteed every time I go out, there's somebody out there that uh, forgot to bring a lunch or is a little bit less prepared um, or needs a little bit of assistance one way or another. And, you know, having a little bit of extra, it's better to have a little bit more than not enough. And uh, remember, listen to this guy because he's gone out on his last two overnights and forgot his pillow. <laughs> how dare you you thought i forgot <laughs> i did i did and in fact i had forgotten as well and and uh, apparently i forget more than just that yeah. i forgot the pillow yeah, guys, I, it's and true. i warned him the last time he was going out so, it's because we had talked about it on the don't show forget. don't forget you it's your pillow me. and then and then i asked <laughs> did you forget your pillow i did i said you i can't believe it yep, see yep. see i don't i don't care if that big melon's on a on a pillow or not i'm just thinking of myself that if i was out and I, I had to sleep, you know, that wasn't in my bed. I at least damn well sure want to make sure I got a decent pillow to sleep on. And it just would be horrible to have to sleep without a pillow. So anyway, I, I tried, you know, you can only do so much. Yeah, it's true. Oh, I can hear the fire, Josh, and it is cold, cold, cold. So I'm glad you got that fire going. Oh, Tammy's here too. Yeah, looks like she's been doing some snow wheeling lately. Tammy, tell us about your recent snow run. What's going on with that? Uh, well, it wasn't wasn't as exciting as it sounds, but we we got about I'd say ten inches of snow. Wow! Um, and I just took the Rubicon just through the neighborhood to the grocery store and picked up some friends who couldn't get out. But then, as we're shoveling the driveway, making a little snow igloo for our son, um, our neighbor and friend shows up, and my eyes got huge you know like you see in the cartoons where the eyes bug out he rolled up in his uh five inch lifted it it used to be a bronco but now it's his rock crawler and 
had these big 44-inch tires. The doors were off. There's no back end. Um, so we went cruise around for about an hour through the snow. And I was like, I think my husband was pretty angry that I went off because he's, I think he's worried that I'm going to trade in my Rubicon now for uh, <laughs> another Jeep. With, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He didn't look too happy when I got back because he knows when he saw me. And I'm like, oh, take a picture of me. Take a picture of me. And he's no, like, bad. his eyes. Stop it. <laughs> go inside. Have some wine. Uh-huh. He's <laughs> Calm like, go down. finish dinner. <laughs> I didn't even I think about that. But I heard him whispering to our friend, and I'm sure he's probably cursing him out. What the hell are you doing bringing that thing over here? <laughs> That's great. That's hilarious. I didn't even think about that. But talk about impressionable. I mean, somebody yeah. that's oh had God. two Jeeps in two years or whatever, and you I mean you go from a regular, uh, you know, a nice, calm uh, Sahara to Rubicon with lockers and buttons and things. And yeah. <laughs> oh, if you go to um, my Google Plus page or my Facebook page, I've got some of the pictures posted. The tires were forty-four inches, and I'm like, oh, I, mean, yeah. I needed it's a, a step ladder to get into this thing. Oh yeah, that's that's the way God intended four-wheel drives to be. <laughs> my was amazing mind. yeah the the first four-wheel drive i had was a 1983 chevrolet pickup and i put uh 36 and a half inch uh, uh tires on mine and uh god it was just so much fun rolling around up high like that uh and uh, 44s were always the um the the pinnacle of what i would have liked to have gone to but um uh, and i was i think i was like uh, 24 or so when i had that thing and uh uh my uh, my wife at the time got pregnant, and I just couldn't see uh, having my nice four-wheel drive, so it got traded in, and then it was a number of years before I got back to a four-wheel drive, so I never did hit those 44s uh, in my uh, full-size pickup, but it's a lot of fun, and it's especially fun when you pull into Burger King, and they go, how do you get in that thing? I know. <laughs> we, we, pulled, we pulled into, we had to stop at 7-Eleven, um, and this guy gets out of his truck, and he's like, now that's what I'm beeping talking about. That's what I'm beeping talking about. And my nine-year-old sitting in the back with his eyes big, like, oh my God, he's swearing. Yeah. Everybody just kept staring and looking. It was it was kind of neat. Well, you know, I think that's one of the deals is that uh, I, I guess maybe after age 30 or maybe even uh, after age 40, uh, you, you kind of, you feel kind of strange about being in a uh, mod- especially heavily modified off-wheel uh, uh, uh the vehicle like like what I have, and and you feel that maybe a little embarrassed about it, and uh, I, I I slough that off pretty easy, but it's it's very interesting what you see in reality out there. People are just like, yeah, that's great, and I think a lot of it is is that I wish I had the courage to do exactly what you're doing because this is my one and only life, and I could be driving this Prius or Volkswagen or 2015 Jeep trail chicken. Uh, and I didn't do that. I didn't do what you did. I went the other safe direction and you know, I'm just glad to see somebody else is living their life to the fullest. At least that's what I'm, that's the spin I'm putting on it. You got, you have to. So, uh, I think last time we, we spoke about you, uh, losing a D ring. Did you, uh, get your D ring back? Is it painted purple? Uh, no, actually I contacted the guy, um, and, he wants me to take pictures of what, because I, I have three D-rings right now. I had four, because when I got the Rubicon, um, Jeep gives you free um, stuff. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Oh my. I got a, a bag, a recovery bag, um, some gloves, work gloves, a toe strap, and some D-rings. So I had four because I had two of that were on my bumper. So um, I still have three. The other one has not been recovered. So I'm going to get two of them painted. Anyway, I'm still in conversation with the guy. To, he wants to know what the surface is on the D-rings so he can quote me how Metal. much it will cost. No, it's it's some sort of, uh, it's it's kind of a um, galvanized thing. I was going to say, I think some of them are galvanized, but yeah. I guess it really depends yeah. on the D-ring. Yeah, the ones I have are from Warren. I, all this stuff was, I guess, Jeep and Warren um, work together on this. But it's, it's not uh, a smooth surface. It's Right. It's rough, pintled. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting that they, they give you D-rings because the the Rubicon didn't come with anything to hook those D-rings to, did it? I mean, the only reason why you have them on the bumper is because they took I your, your custom bumper. Yeah, they, had, you took your, they took your custom bumper off of uh, your Sahara. Sahara and put it on this one. So you didn't have any place to put these D-rings. No, actually, no, I didn't. That's, that's interesting. Kinda, yeah, that is kind of lame. Yeah, that is interesting. I never thought of that. So, it, I mean, it's nice to have them because, I mean, you can use them for other things. Uh, I mean, certainly you could use it for the strap and stuff. Do you have a toe strap? Do you have a tree saver? Yep. Okay. The, I, have, that, the, I don't have a snatch block. I don't have a winch. I've got a high lift jack. Well, you got a spot for I, a winch though, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, because that is a winch bumper. Yeah. Well, you'll be okay. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun uh, uh, going down that uh, trail, uh, pardon the pun. So, uh, now I did see some pictures of uh, maybe a less exciting part of the day where you were riding Jeep and stuff out in the snow. Now, uh, yeah. now that's usually a male uh, uh, thing that is done by riding in the snow, uh, but you were doing it uh-huh. a bit differently. How were, you, uh, how were you accomplishing that? I mean, you were writing in big letters. Yeah, I did it two different ways. So I, I wrote Jeep Moms Rock. I just did that with my finger. And in the snow on the driveway. And then the other one, um, I just shoveled the word Jeep oh, okay. that makes in sense. our driveway. Oh, okay. That Got makes it. sense. Because it looked like it was, uh, it looked like a Photoshop. I mean, I, I, I was seeing these things at work, so I, I didn't have a lot of time to study it. But I saw that and I was just shaking my head and thinking, you know, the neighbors think I'm nuts. <laughs> well, last year, we, my husband and I drove the Jeep in the yard. We were doing yeah. circles in the yard. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's your yard, yeah, damn it, so... I've uh, I've pulled mine onto the front yard after a uh, after a particularly muddy session out on the trails, and I uh, figured, well, you know, I've got to wash it off anyways. Might as well put some of that dirt back into the ground, mm-hmm. and uh, exactly. yeah, I end up just washing it out in the front yard. I mean, I'll you know give it a hose off there to get the you know gunk off, and then I'll bring it back into the driveway for the soap and water. Yep. So uh, uh, moving on to some of the fun I've been having, I noticed some weird uh, temperature, coolant temperature spikes. Uh, now, the, the weather has been uh, changing from uh, hot to cold, hot and cold here in uh, southeast Texas for a while now. And uh, on those warm days, when I say warm, 60 degrees, maybe 70 certainly, I would see temperature spikes uh, up around 230, uh, even higher, 236, uh, always on the highway. So uh, it was like uh, when the, the Jeep was more under load and uh, being stressed, higher RPM, the, the temperature would rise pretty quickly, but I'm not seeing any loss of coolant. And uh, as soon as I, uh, I slow down, the temps come down and uh, hover around 220. And then uh, if I actually uh, sit for very long idle, uh, they'll drop down to 215, 217, 215. And usually by the time I got home, it would get down to, uh, you know, close to 210. So it was... It was really strange that it would spike like that and then go back down. 
So um, I uh, spoke to some folks. I, I put up a, a post on the uh, on the xgtalk.com uh, website, and it was uh, basically trying to elicit some uh, help from people what this could be. It just seemed very strange. And uh, actually, if you'd like to see that post uh, and, and see all the stuff that I posted on it, you can go over to uh, www.xgtalk.com slash hot stuff. <laughs> H-O-T-S-T-U-F-F, no space. And that'll <laughs> that will take you right over to the post uh, <laughs> and you can read all about it. So um, the uh, one of the things that I have posted there is some of the graphs that you can get from the torque app now uh-huh. now the torque app itself doesn't save the information like on your smartphone or whatever the device is that you're using it actually uploads the information all the way over to england where the guy that wrote the torque app uh is from and stores that and not only will show you the information that you're uh, re- that you've set it to record but also give you a graph i'm sorry not a graph a map as far as your trip that you took the path, the, the, the direction of travel, the roads and everything you went down on using Google maps. So, um, uh, I grabbed, I just did a quick uh, screen grab off of, uh, uh, the, this information that, that this, uh, the torque guy put up, Ian, I believe is his name. And I posted that into the, uh, the most recent posts in that thread. So, uh, you can see, and, it, and I did mention the guys in England. So, you know, they use that funny, weird thing over there called Celsius. So you do need to do a bit of conversion. Uh, you I just, was told there'd be no math. <laughs> well, there's, it's online, Josh. So you can just, you know, type oh, in the okay. stuff, but well, 100, 100 degrees Celsius is 212 degrees in real, uh, temp measurements. So if you see the 100 on that graph, that's about where you want the temps to be. And uh, you'll see in one of those graphs that I put up that it went well above that 100 degrees Celsius. In fact, it got up to uh, Fahrenheit, 242. And the weird thing was, when I got to work, and I had cooled down a bit, it was running about 220. But when I got to work, I popped the hood. I wanted to see if there was any, any leaks, anything, because I had changed the, the thermostat Sunday. And uh, I didn't see any leaks. I didn't see any drips of anything, nothing. But the thing that was really strange was there was no hot smell. I put my mm. hand on the radiator cap, and it was not hot. I mean, it was warm, but it was not something where it would really you know, hurt you. Uh, yeah. And then I checked the upper hose. And this is with the engine running. I checked the upper hose very tight. And then it, it didn't dawn on me till, till later when I was talking to Matt Swarnberg online. It wasn't hot either. You don't want an engine yeah, really gets hot. The hose gets very hot, and it, it yeah. you, you start trying to squeeze it. It's like, damn, that's hot, and you can't really, you know, you have to let your fingers off of it. It's kind of hot potato type thing, and it it wasn't hot. There was no hot smell. So anyway, I stopped by the uh, the Jeep dealership um, last night on the way home, and picked up a new Mopar uh, temperature sending unit. Okay, along with a Mopar hundred and ninety five degree thermostat. For $21, now this is just the thermostat, $21.50. Oh, hmm. and you would think for that pricey thermostat, it'd come with a gasket? Oh, no. You'd think. Oh, no. Oh. oh. $5 for a genuine Mopar gasket. So, I don't care. I just want the thing to run right. So, I got that, and also, too, uh, the uh, idle air controller had gone out. Uh, if, if you guys remember, oh. I dropped a valve 
and uh, Matt and I quickly went through and rebuilt uh, the the original engine that was in my Jeep. And one of the things that uh, when Matt was working on it, he found that the idle air controller failed. And uh, that was a, a, a relatively new uh, Mopar uh, IAC. But anyway, he went over to another a parts Jeep that he had, pulled the uh, IAC off of that and put it on my Jeep. So I took the opportunity to go ahead and get a brand new IAC while I was there. That, that thing was like 126 bucks uh, at the dealership. But it's Mopar, and I, I know that it will work as well as uh, all the sensors that were on my Jeep when I got it. So it's a daily driver. So I, I just, I want to stop having problems anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyway, quickly, uh, I, uh, I drove it to work today. Now we had a, a cold front move through and it dropped like uh, 30 degrees out. So the temperatures, instead of being 60, uh, 67 or so degrees, it's now 37. So driving, we're having those kind of temperature swings here on a daily basis. Oh, are you? I, wake are you? Up That's interesting. I wake up and it's 30 degrees. I go home and it's 60. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so anyway, I, um, drove to work today and I didn't baby it. I, in other words, I drove it the way I like to not keeping it, uh, 2,500 RPM and, and not giving it a lot of throttle. And that, you know, that torque yeah. is fun in a Jeep and the 456 gears help, but, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it got, it, it went up to, uh, 190 degrees and then dropped like a 176 and then built up to run 188. So it looked like the the, thro- uh, the throttle, the uh, thermostat actually opened. But, you know, the scary thing was I'm going 70 plus miles an hour on the highway. And it's reading 188, uh, 188.6. And it never changed. It never varied. Oh, so, wow. uh, oh, last night I uh, replaced the temperature s- sending unit. I forgot to mention that. That's a critical piece of the story. So after changing the the uh, the sending unit, the the sensor, the temperature sensor, I noticed uh, a difference in how it was acting. So I'm wondering if maybe because the the engine was was cold, even though it said it was hot, that I had a, a sensor issue, and I'll just have to wait for the temperatures to heat up to see if it actually uh, has resolved the issue. If if I really had an overheating problem, or if the the sender was uh, was lying to me. You know, the, the yeah, negative I mean, Nelly in me says it's not, I haven't fixed it, but well, you've had, you've been plagued with heating issues or yes. temperature issues, I, I should say for, for quite a while, quite a long time. So I, I don't blame you for, for, you know, kind of being the negative Nancy as you, as you put it. But, uh, but no, I mean, it definitely sounds like, I mean, if you were able to, to, to grab the, you know, the upper hose and give it a squeeze and stuff like that with the engine running at operating temp. Uh, I would say that you were not running at 242. I think you would end up with uh, well, some even burns. At, even maybe. at 220. I mean, even though it cooled down, you know, that whole engine bay is going to be warm from, from yeah, being that, that hot. If, if that temperature sending unit is, is wacky or you had a thermostat that was stuck open, then likely it, it wasn't anywhere near 200. So I, I, I don't know. Hard to say because, you know, I wasn't there. I wasn't, you know, hearing it, looking at it, smelling it, touching it, feeling it, that whole nine yards. Um, if I was, there probably would be a lawsuit. Uh, but uh, there was, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of hard to, to 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 comment on something unless it's you know blatantly obvious uh, if if you're not there. But to me, it sounds like that temperature sending unit was giving you faulty data. I hope so. <clears throat> that would be nice. Uh, I didn't I didn't have any loss of power or anything that, that indicated to me that it was running that hot. It was just it's just really really strange. So anyway, more on the saga, and you can keep up with what's going on if maybe you're having some. Uh, uh, engine cooling issues, you can keep up with the saga just by going to uh, www.xjtalk.com slash hot stuff. 
And speaking of hot stuff, Josh, it sounds like you're getting ready to do some hot uh, teardown action. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Jeep's in the garage, back in the garage, my garage. And uh, it's it's been between the garage and the driveway for the better part of two, three months now. Um, and uh, and that's that's all fine and dandy. I you know now that it's not a daily driver and, and it's just it's solely for wheeling purposes only at this point. Um, I don't mind kind of putting it up for the winter. We haven't gotten hardly squat for snow uh, here in Oregon this year. Uh, really, com- really weird compared to last year. So I haven't you know really had a chance or much of a drive to go out and try and find some snow to do some snow wheeling. So it's kind of been you know put up for the winter, which is just fine. Um, I've had some other projects and stuff going on and some stuff that I want to do to it. Well, the problem that I've had is that I've had just about everybody else's vehicle in my garage and working on that instead of my own. So I've got a couple weekends here in a row coming up where uh, I don't have any side jobs, as it were, to go uh, going on, uh, and I can spend some serious time on the Jeep. And uh, one of the things that's coming up here is um, is a cross member for the uh, Iron Man 4x4 Fab long arm kit that I've been sitting on for, geez, oh, almost a year yeah, now. Yeah, you have been. That's right. Yeah. So... Um, it, I need to I need to talk with Andy because I've got a couple ideas in my head and I need to see if if I can get away with it if I can make this work. Now on his website he recommends the uh, the Rubicon Express cross member kit and uh, and unto itself and, and by its reviews it's a very very stout kit. Oh, uh, it's it has beautiful everything too. You need. It's just beautiful and it, and it does it does look pretty. But to me, I mean, geez, it looks like there's about twenty three parts to the whole thing and it's just oh, way yes. too much. So and, and six hundred and five screws. <laughs> yeah, well, no, and, well. The thing, here's the thing: is that uh, if I'm going long arms, I'm definitely going to be doing some frame stiffeners as well. Oh, yeah. So, um, so that's that's also on the uh, on the chopping block, as it were. I'm gonna have to uh, do a lot of prep, scrape those uh, scrape those uh, those frame rails or the you know unibody rails, if you want, if you mm-hmm. will, because it's got all that undercoating um, stuff under under there. So uh, that's got to get all cleaned and prepped up. Uh, I haven't ordered the frame stiffeners yet. Uh, but that's um, going to happen here in the near future. But I got to talk with Iron Man Andy before I do anything and uh, and find out because the direction like I'm really leaning towards is the Clayton long arm cross member. And because I've already got the long arms, it, it, it bolts. It doesn't bolt. It welds up um, and it has a center section that drops out. So if I needed to um, work on the transmission or the transfer case or something like that, I can remove that center section very easily and uh, and do all the necessary work that I, that I need to do um, without having to get all crazy and start cutting stuff or um, or having to undo a lot of bolts or anything like that. It's a very very simple, very well engineered kit um, that I have seen in action and I have seen in person, and and it just it's pure beef and it just looks so much better than the Rubicon Express kit as far as strength and simplicity. And one thing that I've learned as an engineer is the KISS rule. Keep yeah. it simple, stupid. And yeah. and oftentimes the simplest is the best. And and Clayton really, you know, they they got it right. And uh, and if you guys don't know about Clayton uh, Off-Road, really go check them out. They've got some impressive stuff. So um, if you haven't heard of them, go check them out. I'm thinking about their cross member for my long arms. And uh, Iron Man Andy, if you're listening, uh, you're going to be expecting a call from me here in the very near future to talk about that and whether or not we can make that work. I'm going to have to go uh, back over there and look at that. How much? How much is that cross member? Well, they've they've got a couple different variations, and so I, I've got to make sure. And that's another phone call that I have to make is that <laughs> I've got to call them and make sure that their cross member is going to work with Iron Man's um, uh, a long arm kit. So there's there's going to be some back and forth. I think that the three company, well, the three the three individuals involved, myself. 
um, Iron Man 4x4 and Clayton, we all kind of get got to get on the same page because to my knowledge, is all my vast research on online um, about this topic and others and everything, I have never, ever seen this combination before. I may be the only person in the world that's going to be running a Clayton long arm uh, cross member with a Iron Man 4x4 long arm kit. So a uh, very, very interesting combination, but I think if I, if, if it'll work, then it's going to be one of the best oh, um, well, combinations you know, you can, out there. You can make anything work. And I bet you, if you contact uh, Andy first over at IronManFab4x4.com, he'll tell mm-hmm. you, he'll tell you right away. Uh, cause I'm sure he's already been asked this question. So oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that he's been asked all kinds of questions about these long arms. So but, yeah, he's uh, going to be the, he's going to be the, the very first, uh, call that, that I make. And, uh, and then it'll be up to Clayton. But uh, but please keep us updated on that because I'm sure I'm not the only one that would like to hear how oh, that, no, how that absolutely. turns out. And of course, guys, you know that anytime I do anything to my Jeep, I take a ton of pictures and I post them up there at xjtalk.com. I've got a rather extensive build thread there, of course, on Naxia as well and uh, jeepforum.com uh, as well. I'm all over the internet, guys, with the build thread. So, um, But uh, yeah, xjtalk.com is going to be the first update when this happens. And of course, you guys can... Uh, hear it here first, uh, most likely before I end up actually getting the stuff posted up. <laughs> well, one of the things that uh, we like the most because it's all about us is uh, reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want you guys to stop by iTunes early and often, and then you're listening of the podcast. Uh, we are, of course, over on various other sites as well uh, where you guys can find the podcast. But iTunes is where it's at, guys. Give us a five-star review, and don't forget to leave us a comment as well. We'll be sure to read it on the show. So this is one uh, that we had some time ago, back uh, 2013. It's from uh, BC99XJ. And, you know, I try to pick out ones we haven't read before, and, and this may be another repeat, but it's, it's so good. So this is uh, a five-star, and it says, Great show. You don't have to have more invested in parts on your rig than it's worth to understand the show. <laughs> but if you have an XJ, then you probably already do. Keep yes, up the yeah, <laughs> keep up the great work, guys. Really enjoy listening. Thank you very much, BC nine nine XJ. Hey, I'm, I'm rather partial to that guy's uh, uh, tag name there, that that username. Um, I'm Northwest99XJ. He's BC99XJ. I wonder I if that's he British. And I got something in common. I wonder if that's British Columbia. I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Either that or he's a time traveler because it would be, you know, like BC, AD, BC. Well, speaking of time, I think it's about time we uh, get a little bit of Wrangler talk going on this show. I agree. So uh, let's uh, let's join Tammy already in progress. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tony and Josh. Um, I feel like I'm on a soap opera now. We joined this regular scheduled program already in progress. <laughs> um, I know I'm a little obsessed about cleanness and Jeeps, and um, I seem to get a little grief about your Jeep's supposed to be dirty. But um, when you live in the Northeast, yeah, the Northeast, um, in the wintertime, the salt on the road is, is horrendous. I mean, I could literally take my shovel yesterday and go shovel the salt off the road. It's just, they're just caking it on. So anyway, last week I talked about, you know, keeping my Jeep clean and steps to take. And I mentioned waxing, not my legs, um, but the Jeep. And Tony, you said something that kind of um, stuck in my brain. You said, you know, maybe you should research um, waxing your Jeep before you do anything on it. So, you know, I decided to do just that. And all I can say is, wow, I did not realize there was such an intricate process in um, detailing your car. 
Um, there's so much stuff out there to keep your vehicles clean and you're supposed to really wax your Jeep or your vehicle, um, twice a year. Um, you know, don't tell anyone this, but I have never waxed a car in my life, any of my cars. So, but once this cold weather ends, I'm going to be itching to get my Rubicon waxed and make her all sparkly just so I can get her work dirty again. And don't worry, she's going to be dirty, but then I'll clean her again and then she'll get dirty. And, you know, that's the fun part of having a Jeep, I think. Um, so, okay, here's some of the do's and don'ts that I learned um, just through my internet research and talking to folks on the forums. One thing is don't use old t-shirts, cloth diapers, or towels on your Jeep because they'll collect little particles in there and they could scratch your paint. Um, you're supposed to use microfiber cloth. Um, don't use dish soap. Dishwashing soap is highly alkaline and cuts through everything and sometimes even the paints and it's over time it will start to dull it. Car wash soaps are pH neutral so it doesn't remove the wax on your vehicle. Now some folks like to use Dawn dish soap because it does remove the wax and then that way they can get everything stripped off and then they can put the new wax on. Wax off, wax on, <laughs> wax on, ha ha ha. Anyway, Dawn and other dish soaps are not good for rubber or plastic, so be careful if you use that. And nowadays, there's such an advancement in technology and everything, even car cleaning products. So you might as well not skip the money and just pay the extra money to buy this stuff. So I'm really looking forward to spring so I can give my Jeep the full spa treatment. I'm going to wash her, and then I'm going to attempt to use a clay bar. And I first heard that this week, and I'm like, what the heck is a clay bar? So um, I had to look it up, and apparently it's a common practice among car de detailers. And basically it's a ball of clay, like what you used as a kid, so to speak. And you form it into a disc in your hand, and you get this lubricant, and you spray it on part of your Jeep, and then you rub it back and forth. And it's going to pick up the contaminants that are on your Jeep that you know you can't really see, like brake dust. Um, uh, industrial contaminants, um, and you just do a small area at a time. And once it starts filling up, then you re-squish it and remold it, and you keep doing it, and you repeat it until the whole Jeep is done. And then you remove that excess lubricant with the microfiber towel. Um, I'm told that clay bars aren't going to remove swirls or scratches, and I'm not totally sure what swirls are yet, but I guess soon I'll find out. So. Once you do all that, then you can use a polisher, and the polisher should fill in those swirls and scratches. Now, I know that, you know, scratches are kind of a, a trophy, so to speak, for the off-roaders. You know, it's a cool thing to have. But when you, you know, buy a 2015 Rubicon, you want to keep it looking as nice as you can for as long as you can. Um, and I guess I don't need to have that trophy stuff yet, but maybe one day I'll, I'll feel like I need to have scratches in my Jeep. So anyway, um, once I polish it, then I'm going to wax it. Um, I've been told that the wax is also going to help protect you when you're off-roading. If you're in a very brushy, lots of tree branches on the side where it will, you know, lightly brush up against your Jeep and make like tree branch scratches. Um, because once the wax hardens, some waxes can be harder than the paint and help protect your Jeep in the long run. And when you're in a salt-ridden area, those scratches can get salt in them, and that salt will start to create corrosion, and you just want to 
stay away from that dreaded road salt corrosion. So as I was um, researching and I was getting suggestions from other Jeepers in the community, and Josh, you'll find this interesting. Someone else mentioned the 303 aerospace protectant also to use. Um, McGuire's, I think that's how you pronounce it, Mothers and Zeno were also suggested. And then something that I never heard of before also was Restore. You can use that to shine up your dull black plastic fenders, which is the kind that I have. Mine aren't dull yet. Um, but I'm going to keep that little tidbit in the back of my mind. So, you know, I've got the washing down. I've got the waxing down to help with the road salt. And now my next big step is the undercarriage because um, that's one of the be- the worst areas that the salt gets into. So I'm going to seriously think about what I'm going to do for the undercoating. Um, I've heard several suggestions where you can go get it professionally undercoated, which I'm not sure what that entails yet or the cost. Um, I also read that you can go to a garage like in the fall and get some sort of oil sprayed up under there and you would do that every year and that's supposed to help protect from the road salt. And then some guy on the Jeep form just today said he sprays tire shine under his undercarriage. Um, I've never heard that before, but I guess I'll have to look into that. And I just want to say, and I know Josh, you mentioned this earlier in your, um, all th- uh, your Jeep news, um, I'm just so glad I bought my Jeep because now I'm part of this great Jeep community. It's been amazing. The camaraderie is, is just brings a tear to my eye, seriously, Um, because I've never experienced such a warm and welcoming group in my whole life. And I've been in the moms groups. I've been in the PTA. I've been in Boy Scouts and just tons of groups. And I've just never felt such um, enthusiasm and Um, bonding with people. And it's just been a a great, fantastic experience. And I'm just really glad that um, to be part of this group. And I love how everybody just welcomes you with open arms. So that's it for Wrangler Talk. And um, I'll be hopefully having more information about my undercarriage next week and also how to maybe um, shore it up a little bit more, make it a little tougher. And if you want, you can check me out on www.jeepmama.com. That's my blog. And I interact with folks on a daily basis there. I'm also on Google+, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and I think that's, oh, YouTube also. Anyway, back to you, Tony and Josh. Well, great. You know, Tammy, I'll just throw in, I think last time I had mentioned about my dad saying you don't want to wax your your, your vehicle very often because it actually will make the paint appear yellow. Uh, I'll, I'll throw in another dadism. My daddy always said, never use detergent on your car because it's bad for the paint. So it kind of goes in line with what you were saying there about uh, the dawn and everything else. And uh, I don't. I do not use any kind of soap or anything Whenever I'm cleaning my vehicle, I uh, use a hose with water coming out of it and uh, a sponge. And you uh, rinse that sponge uh, quite often so that you don't have sandpaper going over the clear coat. Now, a lot of what my dad knew was uh, before they had clear coat. So uh, it may or may not apply these days. Uh, Certainly the research tells you a lot. I often think sometimes those uh, those research things are uh, uh, undercover ways of selling uh, product. So, uh, mm. I'm sticking with, uh, the sponge and the water and the chamois, uh, for, uh, for drying it off. Well, I will say that I did read, there have never been any studies done on 
all these soaps. It's just, you know, speculation. Mm, interesting. And, you know. Yeah, a lot of it is old wives' tales, um, you know, <laughs> urban legend, so to speak, if you will. Um, you know, the 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 car wash suds uh, you get at the auto parts stores are usually a, a pretty safe bet. Um, you know, some of the, like the stuff like Meguiar's and, and mothers and stuff like that. I mean, they're, yeah. they're in the business of making sure that you take good care of your, uh, the exterior of your car. And, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, th- those are two really good brands that you could be, you know, feel safe going with, you know, I, I do like to use some kind of a soap because, you know, once you get that emulsification of between the soap and the water, you get those bubbles mixed up. Uh, it really does help carry away some of the uh, some of those finer particulates that embed themselves into the clear coat or on top of it, anyways. And uh, and Tammy, you said you didn't quite know what those swirls were, the swirl marks. Yeah, well, if you've ever right. been like uh, walking through the you know the the, uh, the parking lots or whatever, um, you see a car and you look at it, it almost looks like it's covered in spider webs. Almost, yeah. Those are the swirl marks, and uh, and what that's from is is from just like what Tony was talking about. Um, you know, after so many years, you eventually with the with the swirling washing action of you know, uh, scrubbing a scrubbing a vehicle, you end up working some of that finer road grime particulate into the clear coat, and it makes those little swirl marks. Yeah, you're in sanding it. the and clear coat. Essentially, yeah, and that's where the waxing comes in. It fills up those uh, those those small itty bitty microscopic scratches, and uh, and fills those in with with the wax, and it ends up giving you a nice little polish. You know, I don't see how people go out and spend fifteen hundred, two thousand, three thousand dollars for a paint job. And just don't go insane because they've got this this hugely expensive paint job out in the world. And you, and especially if you come out and somebody's leaning up against your vehicle. I mean, it's bad enough if you got a new one. So if you guys, if your daddy didn't teach you no manners, stay off of other people's stuff. Don't touch other people's stuff. It's, it's just that simple. I mean, come on. Think about it. Now, I know mm-hmm. all you Jeepers don't do that. But, you know, remember, tell your kids. <laughs> And if you see a Jeep that looks like this in the parking lot that's covered in dirt and grime and mud, don't write something on the window. Oh, or, God, no. Geez, even in the paint, that would be horrible. Yeah, so as, as tempting as it would be to go in and just start, you know, graffitiing up some fingerprints, uh, you know, some smiley faces or writing Jeep on the back or, you know, wash me, wash please. Me. Or, you know, wash me. Yeah, I see, I see that a lot. And even though that gets washed, that wash me is going to stay behind. So... <laughs> But I'll, but I'll give you permission if you see that Jeep, you can do it. Yeah, if you see this one, <laughs> if you see this one, yeah, I've already. Or you can write you Jeep can Moms tell. Rock. That yeah, there you okay. go. That's an excellent idea. Or or actually, I think it would be great for the viewers uh, and the uh, listeners if they just wrote in there, listen to the XG Talk Show. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> it's advertising. Yeah, we need that. So, do you guys have undercoat on your on your Jeeps? Yeah, on mine, factory. I've I've got a I've got a factory applied. Uh, it could have been dealership, I suppose, but I'm pretty sure it's an OEM undercoating of some kind. I've actually got the uh, the original window sticker um, to my Jeep. What you know, what what it was, you know, what was in the window when it was on the dealership lot, brand new, and uh, and it's got basically the entire build list on it. And if memory serves me correctly, one of the uh, one of the items was undercoating on that. So I think that's a yeah, standard and, feature that they do nowadays. Because in the eighties, the the vehicles, especially the Chevrolet trucks, were really bad about rusting out. Uh, even down here in Southeast Texas. Now I've not done anything special to mine. We do not have road salt. Uh, the only ice that you see is if somebody spills their drink uh, on a Saturday night. So um, you know, I have one of those Texas Jeeps where you can. You don't have problems with the, the, the bolts or things snapping off. Uh, so everybody hates me. 
but uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, thankfully, mine didn't come from a, any one of the salt belts. Um, but I mean, I had the uh, you know the snapping off of bolts here every now and again. But just because it's uh, you know it is an older Jeep, you know it's it's uh, the, especially those like those rear shock bolts, the uh, uh, the bar the bar pin bolts and the, and the yeah. rear shocks. Yeah, those are notorious for snapping off, and mine was no exception. Well, I'll take that back. Mine actually did that too. Uh, well, not not on my Cherokee, but on the '99, and even on the 2003 TJ. Uh, they, oh they wow, were, you had that on the TJ, even. Yeah. Jeez, I didn't yeah. wouldn't have expected that. Well, that's why it took three days for me to put that lift on. I would have been mm. done uh, in uh, two days. I mean, the first day was like a good eight hours, and the second day was twelve, and I would have finished up, but I had to go get an air chisel and uh associated things to to get that stuff out of there so i could finish up with the shocks on it uh, anyway let's get to our uh, uh our last uh, quick jeep tip and uh, we'll wrap this uh, this puppy up this is steve 4.3 lxj with a quick jeep tip whenever you go wheeling particularly at higher elevations even in the summertime always carry warm clothing you never know what's going to happen storms have to spend the night things like that happen and if it does you want to have warm clothing you don't want to be one of those people on the newscast that died because they had a t-shirt on in a snowstorm <laughs> yeah nobody wants to be in a news story where he just had a t-shirt yeah right in a snowstorm what were they thinking? They were in a snowstorm. He was found in a snowbank <laughs> wearing nothing but a banana hammock and a tank top. Uh, oh, gee. What a, that's a, that's an image. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, here's an image that you need to get in your head. It's called a review and a subscription and a rating and all that kind of stuff, guys. Uh, well, set a reminder to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I know you're probably busy listening to the podcast right, right now and can't do it. So set yourself an alarm to give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. We're going to be sure to uh, play that on the show. And uh, guys, as you can tell, we've been growing the show over the years. Anyone can do an interview and everybody has a Jeep story to tell. And we want to hear your guys's. And of course, we are vastly, very quickly rather, approaching show season. We've got some off-road shows popping up all over the nation i know there's one going on in your neighborhood so if you've got an event coming up that you know about even if you're not planning on attending well drop us a line and let us know about what's happening what's going on who's putting it on where it's at you know give the show a little bit of free advertising as it will as it were and uh, well we're going to let everybody else know all about that guys so let's spread the word about those off-road events going on drop us a line through our voicemail 530-675-4102 or you can even email us through that news tips at xjtalkshow.com address we'd love to hear from you either way on that yep yep and uh, we certainly want to thank jeep mama for her wrangler talk segment tonight and uh, doing a little chit chat little uh, campfire side chat with us and uh, don't forget to go over there and check out jeepmama.com and Give her a hard time about riding in the snow with a shovel. That's not the way God intended it. (laughs) (laughs) So don't forget to check us out on Facebook, on the Twitter. And uh, gee, we're on Google+. We're on YouTube. uh, We're uh, pretty much everywhere you'd want to be. Oh, there comes a lawsuit. So uh, don't forget to join us next week. We'll be here. uh, We're actually here every Thursday, 10 p.m. Start time the uh, show uh, gets released at uh, midnight on Monday, also Central Time. So uh, subscribe to the show. Go to iTunes. Give us a review. Uh, there's just all kinds of stuff that you got to do for the show. It's not us doing for you. It's you doing for us. <laughs> you got to right, subscribe. Guys. You, you got to listen. You got to comment. Oh my God! It's very and interactive. You- 
got to join in on the live broadcast every Thursday, 10 p.m. Central, xjtalkshow.com. Big shout out to everybody in the chat room tonight. Paps Boys, Jeep Mama, James, Jake, 4.3 LXJ, that's Steve. And, of course, all of you other guys. Hope to see you again next week. Yep. You guys have a great Jeep week. And Jeep Mama's off the screen. (laughs) See you later.